Hello, welcome to the Pond Theater crew. We're going to the end of the year close to it, but there's still a lot of movies coming out. Quite a bit here. Today we got, yeah, a lot, a lot. Uh, I'm Chase Pond, of course, joined by me, me as uh, Justin and Cody. Uh, Hello. The, the whole movie team here. And I mean, movies being uh, dropped to streaming, we talked about last time of HBO Max releasing all of their big movies simultaneously. And then this week, this was because, uh, so another thing, this is kind of gaming related, but I covered the Game Awards with my co host Rihanna. We live streamed it on Twitch and did our reactions, and it was just a fun time. I just like both of us just being total whack jobs because uh, there was people in the chat going, I'm a dude, I'm a dude, I'm a dude. And then I'm like, I'm a dude. He's a dude. He's a dude. You're a dude. And uh, Rihanna's like, what What are you saying? And then I go to the hoops. So my cat was also there too. And I was like going up to hoops going, you're a dude. You're a dude. And hoops is just like, daddy, what are you doing? What? What did I do? So uh, there was a lot of crazy fun things. Now, the disappointing thing, I'll say, because I, I mentioned before that there was going to be a trailer for the Uncharted movie. They they did not show it. They had Tom Holland come out and said, oh, guys, you can't believe it. Uh, I mean, it, it's so exciting to be a Nathan Drake and just stay tuned for more info on the Uncharted. I'm like, okay, all right. Okay, that's fine. That's the thing is, it's a award ceremony about video games. They bought it. They got a lot of Hollywood actors that most of them have nothing in common with gaming, and they might. They might be gamer because gaming is for everyone. They they might be gamers for all we know. But it's just like with Brie Larson, I get it because she wants to be Samus. She uh, said that in an interview and. And on Instagram, she likes posting stuff about Nintendo Switch. So she's a huge Nintendo nerd. And Tom Holland, he also plays video games. Then you got Gal Gadot, uh, John David Washington, and then later Christopher Nolan. Two days before he was really angry about H movies going HBO Max. And he's, which by the way, screw that dude. I, I don't give a crud what he says. Your movies are not worth, your movies are great spectacles but that is all they are i have, i haven't seen tenet yet and i'm i'm not even excited for it this guy is this this guy who thinks you gotta go out inside of a theater to see his movies i mean yeah. he's got to adjust to the times it's time you know things are changing no yeah he needs I mean, to. i mean i understand how he feels i mean That's yes normally we should be supporting, you know, the preservation of film. We should be supporting movie theater experience. But we're in a global pandemic right now. And it's not safe to go to the movie theaters. So take this with a grain of salt. Suck up your pride, Christopher Nolan, and just live with it. It's okay. Warner Brothers is still going to let you do whatever you want. I don't know. Actually, I don't hundreds know that. Of millions of dollars. I, I honestly, I don't know that because he... He was such a sore loser. Like he, he said it in a, a quote, uh, it, it's such a tragedy that all of these actors and actresses who were a part of this movie, they went to bed thinking they're going to be uh, see like they're going to be one of the greatest 
seen on one of the greatest movies that'll be released on in the theaters. Instead, they're gonna wake up to find out that their their movies are releasing on the worst streaming server. And I'm like, dude, you <laughs> Warner Brothers is gonna kick your. I mean, you know, probably more AT and T is gonna be like, hey, rein in your boy, or he's done. Yeah, I was like, "Holy crud! You, you need you need to suck it up." Like, I'm 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 not one of those like film nerd aficionados. Like, oh, he's a genius. I'm like, no, sc- screw you. And I, the, yeah, that that's the, the weird thing is like two days after that, he appears on the Game Awards, which is a live streamed <laughs> award ceremony, not broadcasted on television, and he's talking about. The, the, the intense storytelling of video games how it uh, is just like making a movie seeing on the big i'm like okay, okay all right we got that i had no idea if most of these actors they were really into it or they're just there because they got paid i don't know what the situation is i think gal gadot likes games i'm i want to say that uh, christopher nolan i doubt it <laughs> uh but that that was just a weird thing is like what about people in the gaming industry or game development why all these like movie celebrities and like and especially if you're not even going to promote movies like i i was really expecting that uncharted trailer and they they only had they only had like tom holland in a set that looks like it could be from the movie and that's the closest you would get uh, but even in game reveals, they were kind of disappointing. Like they they said, "Hey, you want Mass Effect is coming? We're not going to tell you anything about it." But hey, you know, get excited! Perfect Dark. I'm like, yeah. So we had fun talking about it, and I get it. I was make cracking so many jokes, and I, someone was doing a musical performance. I was pretending to be the uh, the singers from the first Spider Man movie because he was singing a country song. It was like from the from the Last of Us. And I was like, and the heroes to say yes, like watching the go fall away. And uh, Rihanna's like, what are you doing? Oh my God. So it was just, we just have a great back and forth together, like just siblings uh, going at it. Uh, but my favorite part was when they had, and it was Arc 2. So they had Ben Diesel. He's going to be starring in a new game. It was just a trailer showing Vin Diesel as in a tribe costume. He was uh, as a uh, Hawaiian tribe uh, taking down these evil uh, gorillas and uh, T-Rexes. Donkey Kong? No, no. Ark is like this one of these survival uh, action games where you craft things and you kind of build yourself up, your character up to being in this world where it's like man meets dinosaurs and it, it's it's a mix between prehistoric times and futuristic because you can eventually build yourself up to having an assault rifle and everything so it's it's this own like fantasy dinosaur world or the cases Vin Diesel's in the sequel and I was like you know what I'll pay 60 bucks for that Vin Diesel having his shirt off and I went to Rihanna's like, you do the same for Tom Holland. Let's have a contest. Let's have a, let's just have a montage of Vin Diesel and Tom Holland with their shirts off. 
and see who <laughs> reacts. But I mean, hey, slept movie actors are getting into video games too. I'm currently playing Cyberpunk, which has Keanu Reeves in it. So yeah, a lot of they voice stuff. A lot of actors voice stuff in games. I think yeah. that's the reason why they were there. Yeah, I, well, Gal Gadot. I don't think she's been in anything, and and Christopher Nolan too. So like, there's their actors are I'm like, okay, I don't know where the relationship is. But yeah, Tom Holland and Brie Larson, those are the two. I'm like, okay, these two, whether or not they worked in games, they're, they are at least gamers, so they know the passion. And that's the same of like yeah. trying to do the Oscars with people who don't even watch movies. It would feel a little weird, but hey. The people who vote don't even watch the movies. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I wonder how many of these... Uh members of the academy actually see all the movies that get nominated or they're like oh people are saying this is good i guess i should vote for it yeah well i think there was an instance where um alec baldwin said that he doesn't watch any of the movies he just goes based off of like the cover (laughs) we don't need Uh. that now on to the show starting with probably the biggest film out of the three to release this week and that is the prom it's interesting i'd never heard of the play or the broadway show that this is based off of yeah i haven't either no i have not yep i didn't know this was a thing at all but apparently it's popular enough that netflix decided to do a film adaptation with a lot of recognizable actors i mean the the very first two people you see are meryl streep and james Corden. And there's later later in the film you get so many other uh, noticeable I actors. Like one well. of them. What? I like one of those two people. <laughs> James Corden. <laughs> no. What, what's wrong with James Corden? He's pretty cool. I like that he in this movie he puts on a, a uh, American accent. Uh, like he's a. <laughs> he, I don't know it, I don't. I don't watch his show or anything, but I just never have liked him in any of the movies that i've seen him in it's true he hasn't really translated well to the movie screens he's usually been annoying well there was was one there's actually two films i did enjoy him one was a movie i didn't even like it was that uh oceans eight film he had a small oh i forgot he was in that yeah he's okay in that and then uh smallfoot i did like him in smallfoot uh, I didn't yeah, see that. Smallfoot. I love Smallfoot, Smallfoot. But not because of him. Um, yeah, he he also voices in like Peter Rabbit and yeah, you know, he's always the Moji uh, movie. That's <laughs> he was the high five in the Trolls films too. Yeah. Oh trolls. yeah. I just like yeah. hated voice. I guess. <laughs> well, he has a but, different uh, voice this time. He's he's not a Brit anymore. He's an American. He's he's very flamboyant American in this. And, and this is about two guys, two stars. Well, it turns to four stars, but starting with two who are just going all crazy, loving their new play, just predicting all the great reviews they would get, only to find that the reviews say, yeah, the film, or no, the Broadway play is pretty good, except for you two. You guys suck. Uh, you're a narcissist, in fact. We don't like you. And that puts them in a uh, bit of distray that they're viewed as selfish people, even though that's kind of who they are. Uh, so they're like, okay, what's going to 
rise our, us, our, our personalities back up. And they were joined by two other people. One who was... I, I could have sworn, like, when he first entered the screen, I, I was like, okay, are they doing a Shining reference? Because he's... Because <laughs> I, I, I kept thinking of the Shining when he just popped up. I'm like, he's he's got the same red... Uh, who's the actor? The same red suit with... Uh, are you talking about the original Shining or the sequel? No, in the prom where they go up. To yeah, no, but I mean, are you referencing like like that? He's just like a ghostly figure one. in the bar. <laughs> I well, the way he's just there to kind of offer a drink and then talk about their issues. Not just the Shining, but there was this, that other like sci-fi love story with uh, uh, Chris Pratt and. Uh, Jennifer, uh, oh, the creeper in the space movie, yeah, yeah, passengers, that, yeah, the passengers. So, yeah, that movie totally doesn't exist anymore. Nobody saw it. I did, I saw it on the big screen. I'm sorry, but, yeah, but but not on the big screen. Well, still, there are movies who just like that. I guess there's just this thing about having a guy in a red suit just offer a drink in an empty bar and asks about things going on but anyway so they got him and then another actress some of these actors i don't recognize and maybe because i'm still learning more about uh celebrities or kidman oh nicole Nicole kidman Kidman. oh yeah okay you because i was like i heard that name maybe it's been a while since I've seen her in a movie, but what? What? Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. How could you not know Nicole Kidman? I mean, she's unrecognized. She's more recognizable than even Meryl Streep in this movie. No, I know she's Meryl Streep. I know that. I I know that uh, Harvey Weinstein butt kiss her anywhere. Uh, no, I. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay, and, all right, uh, all right. Let, let's move. What? Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, that's another one. Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington. Beautiful. Yeah. But you have all these. The reason I even joke about that because there was an interview like post Harvey Weinstein where like, hey, do you condone or do you forgive anything? Uh, and she's like, well, he was such a fine fellow gentleman, and but what he did was horrible. But he, he was such a talented young man who just happened to do bad things. I'm like, okay, Meryl, what are you doing? No, that was a real interview where he would, where they they confronted her about uh, her kissing up to Harvey Weinstein and uh, Roman Polanski. And she was like, well, but they, they were talented, but what they did was wrong. And I'm like, okay. Now, she's a great actress. Their play of as we mentioned in a, another uh, earlier thing, there are going to be celebrities will say dumb things. So I'm I'm making that joke just because I am acknowledging that. But she was good in this, Meryl, and actually Meryl and James Corden together when they started singing, I was like I was into it. But the main plot of this, when we get down to it, there's this prom that has this rule: we don't want gay people. Gay people that that that's not what this school is raised we don't want that those ideals educating our children being gay is a choice and we don't want that choice 
we take the take your gay self out of here and becomes a problem when you have gay couples and especially with here you have a two lesbian couples or one of them being emmy uh dang it emmy. yeah emma emma why am i saying emmy <laughs> emma is kind of the center protagonist because this is her story that these four just so happen to be spectating while they are helping her out because that is their goal they're gonna go in they're gonna disrupt everything and get her to be accepted on this prom and being able to have her the love of her life on a prom date having a good time but so many issues go not just with the whole thing about homophobia but also when you you start to see how self-centered these celebrities are so there is that bit of conflict i will say as a I really enjoyed the musical numbers. I think whenever there was a song that went up, maybe not all of them hit with me. I wouldn't say like all of them are like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard, but together in, in melody and just the state, the choreography, but also the music, vocal performances by all the actors and actresses. I was like, yeah, they are all hitting it. And there are musical numbers often. They'll have bits of dialogue, but they go into a song number so often that's almost a little corny that they break out into song like every five or ten minutes. But, you know, being a Broadway play and having that translate on the big screen, you do see the spectacle in that. I also say there are some interesting characters in this too. A lot of that has to be Emma because this, again, being Emma's story, you see what she's going through. And it's just kind of sweet because not only is it a lesbian love relationship, but it's also a mixed race lesbian love relationship. And just seeing her love her life and just wanting to fantasize it, just having a peaceful prom time. But there is the issue of, oh, her mom is just so against um, people being gay or she, she, she doesn't, why uh it, because of how homophobia exists how there's such a prejudice she doesn't mind her daughter going through that so she's like yeah just i don't want to deal with this take that out and you have all that going and there's there's some subplots because again we being that we have these four uh wannabe celebrities or celebrities that are uh going downhill they're trying to get themselves back up they they got their own issues to solve i mean for one meryl streep has a huge fan that being played by uh king michael key who is He's the principal of the- yeah the principal who i would say this is one of his more i would say straight roles as in he's not being over the top as you would know king michael king he's very yeah he's very calm in this but that's because you got Meryl Streep being over the top and all these other. So, I mean, someone's got to be goofy in this uh, uh, Broadway musical. And I think the message behind it, it there is something to be said. Because I was watching this the morning after something bad happened. I mean, do you want to even get in the news and everything? There was a black man who got executed last night over a 
crime that he happened to be an accomplice that wasn't the one who committed and he being changed his ways but you know our president being who he is and everybody's saying no we're not gonna delay it so that happened and you see there is a message about there's still going to be prejudice out there because they they never say that we're going to end homophobia which is important because there's this whole hashtag about end racism and hate and sexism and i don't think there is an end to it but you know what do you guys think about this film first off uh, I'm going to let Justin go because I know he's a huge musical fan. So this oh, is yeah. definitely probably more his jam than mine. So go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely my jam. We got musical, you have Meryl and Nicole Kidman. I mean, those two are in my top five favorite. I mean, you can even say actors of all time just because they're so, so mm-hmm. good. Um and, you know, they both are in musicals as well that I like. I mean, Moulin Rouge is one of my top five favorite movies of all time so so good to me and so it's great to see them on screen together and you're right the musical numbers are great they really are fun um i don't know i've never heard of this story um but we have heard this story before you know um it's about a a girl who's a lesbian and her her partner doesn't want to come out uh to her family you know because carrie washington is so strict this takes place in a conservative Indiana. Um, So these celebrities, these Tony singers go to try to make a name for themselves, make themselves look good by helping this girl get the prom that she wanted to have, you know, being gay, not be a reason why somebody can't go to a prom. Um, But there's so, there's uh, so many other underlying stories in here. You know, James Corden has his where he's not talking to his parents. Um, he also had his own prom issues. That's why him and Emma get along so well. They're both living kind of parallel uh, uh, high school experiences. Um, you have Meryl, who's, who's sad about her marriage and where it went. Um, uh, same thing with Nicole Kidman. She doesn't want to feel like a washed up actress, a singer, a Broadway singer anymore. Um, and it, that's sweet. I mean, we, we, it's not just about, you know, Emma, it's about all of them, all the main players in this and having their own dilemmas and what they have to deal with as well as taking care of Emma's dilemma as well. But yeah, the singing and dancing is incredible. Uh, I really enjoyed a lot of the numbers, um, you know, just because it makes you tap your foot when you're at home is always fun. Uh, but again, yeah, we've kind of seen this story before. Actually, we're going to talk more about this in another movie coming up. So uh, it is a little bit high school musical-ish. I've never seen those, but I kind of got your brother's reference. And, no, I, I'll, uh, I'll tell you, I've seen high school musical. This is, this is not, not, not... Well, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the adults are, are play a main, main factor. Well, not only um, that, but like even even just by musical numbers this does not play out like high school music like high school musicals like kids bob because uh well yeah if this is is on in broadway on broadway obviously it's it's got some better music to it uh but yeah i thought it was a lot of fun i'm gonna give it a, a regular good um you know it it may make my top 10 at the end of the year maybe maybe 15 uh because 
because of everything involved. But uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun. I enjoyed the movie very much. I can't hate on anything Meryl or, or Nicole do anyway. So Yeah. What about you, Coach? <laughs> Cody's like, oh. This movie's fine. I think it has a really lovely message and an important message. Um, I'm just not a big Ryan Murphy fan. And no matter what he does, so much of his stuff I just can't get into. And I didn't know this was a Broadway musical. And yeah, everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're doing it well. They're doing it good. But I just feel like the subplot of all these celebrities coming to help is her name Emma? Emma, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of overshadows the more important part of this story. And I wish this movie would, and I know it's based on a play, so they're just adapting the story that it is. I just wish this movie would have focused more on her and her struggles with her girlfriend and the community. And I do really, really like Keegan Michael Key in this movie. I think. He plays a very nice, and he does give, of course, you know, when you're opposite Meryl Streep and James Corden being Broadway stars, somebody does have to be the the serious character. But I think he plays a really sweet, nice person, and I really liked his performance. Side note, I would love to see a romantic comedy with Keegan-Michael Key and Meryl Streep. I did kind of like <laughs> that little subplot of the movie. This is kind of sweet. There, there's good things to like and if you're a musical fan or you're a ryan murphy fan you are gonna like this but i just feel like the schmaltzy comedic stuff about broadway and the broadway stars overshadows the more important part of the story and i wanted more of that and so i i gotta give it a high decent i just couldn't completely get into it and i just wanted more of emma's story than these big celebrities i mean it was i it's nice to see them. They're great. They do a good job. It's good that Ryan Murphy has all these people on call to be in his his movie, but uh, I could have done without him, honestly, and just focused on the main story, and I wish it was more about that. Well, um, you know, you, bring, you both bring some interesting points, though I think I probably enjoyed it the most now i'll say this regarding having all these characters there are a lot of char- there are plenty of characters and through what is two hours and 12 minutes what i looked at it i did find that yeah each while they have subplots too just to define i feel like with that it helped define their character more and there is a connection with all like if it was just okay everybody's got their own plot it's all because i hate that in movies where you, everybody's got to have their own sto- story going on we have the main thing i think they do relate because you do have that thing of do they really care about her well-being or, or is it just for their personal gain because throughout the film, you have no idea if Meryl Streep really does care about uh, gay people or if she's really just doing this for her. Now, yeah, it, it, it is very cartoony in how it is. Like, she's a complete... I'll say Meryl Streep, to me, she is the weakest part or one of the weakest part. Because Meryl Streep, she's good as a singer, but in her performance, she's playing Meryl Streep. 
which is, I am going to be lovely. It's a lovely day. Oh, the theater. Oh, oh. And I don't, there was a part where she's like, why, yes, it's all about me, all about me. And I'm like, okay, you, you didn't have to keep letting me know that. But I think just as it's whimsical nature, it just kind of works. Because I, I honestly, I've been, ha- I had a lot of fun watching this. And I do feel like Emma's story mattered and her story was connected. It just like, yeah, when you have all these other characters, that's that's a tricky thing to get around. Like, how do you develop them? And also beat this at the same time. And I think they did it as well as they could adapting to this. And regarding this having a similar story, I want to say no. Because when we get to Happy, uh, whatever that other movie is, I'm going to tear it apart. Because that is not, that is not this. I'm sorry. I was talking about Down Metal. No. <laughs> what? Wait, what? I'm kidding. Okay. I was made. I was joking. I said I was talking about Sound of Metal, not uh, <laughs> Happiest Season. Mm. Mm. Should we move into uh, what? Do, what are you gonna give it, uh, Chase? I would give it a high good because I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's a perfect musical, but it, it's one where I, I enjoyed myself a lot, and I would. I mean, definitely listen to it on Spotify, and you know, I I like Meryl Streep. I know I joked about her comments on. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, but I think she's a great actress. It's just that she's and all these other actors and actresses, they are standing out except her. Well, you know that that's the character she was supposed to play. Yeah, no, th- that's the thing. Like and she just plays these characters a lot. Like, well, yeah, I, uh, that's why she's cast in them. I mean, and they know that she's going to knock it out of the park. And she, yeah, definitely not. Well, I, I, I don't think. Well, it's just that with all these other actors, they, they're even James Corden is trying something new. But the this, with, with, I think you could have yeah. honestly done without the bartender guy. Even though I did like his one song when he was singing to the uh, teenagers at the mall. At the mall. Yeah. Well, I like that was, that was cool. Well, I, I, I think it's good to have. Like what I what I thought they all contributed is they all had different perspectives on it because that all of them they wanted to get on top and uh not or not be washed out but each of them they had their own reason for it and because if you just had Meryl Streep Meryl Streep then it's like okay just in it for the fame but then you kind of look at the other characters and they have their own reasons for it and I don't know I thought that played out well. Yeah, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. It's uh, um, if you want to want to see Meryl do more Meryl, uh, she's also no, in a I movie don't. on HBO Max called "Let Them All Talk." Is uh, it good? That's one of Soderbergh's, right? Yep. I just I watched it last night. Actually, um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's partially improvised on a um on a cruise line yeah. from the Atlantic to the UK. So yeah. He does cool. crazy experimental stuff. I don't like everything he does, but it's never not boring. Yeah. yeah this was it. So next on uh, Amazon Prime, they have their own independent films. I mean mostly they're known for their television series or the be uh the boys. Yeah, the boys and there's some other things. They have like Jack Ryan and there's that spiritual success or the 
same creator of The Office, they made a show about living in a futuristic version of the afterlife. Uh, Utopia or something? Yeah, Utopia. I think that's what it was. No, that's probably not the name of it. But I saw the trailer for it. I, for some reason, I never got around to seeing it, but I heard it was good. Oh, is that with Maya Rudolph and um? Yeah, Fred Armisen. I forget the name of it. Yeah, because it's something like connected or virtual or something. But uh, I do, I do want to get around to that. But regardless, Amazon Prime they've been more than just a delivery service. They've had their own, uh, they have their own quality content. Hey and, boy, yeah, an amazing Amazon original movie. So freaking good. Yeah. So with this, that's the Shia LaBeouf one, right? Yeah. You haven't seen it? No. No. Oh man. Oh, go check it out, please. It's so good. I I don't know. I don't know. With like uh, Shia LaBeouf is apparently getting accused for sexual assault. I. Well, no. I. I okay. Enough. I just went on Twitter and go like Shia LaBeouf is in in deep water for some reason. I'm like okay. Because there was a time where Shia LaBeouf, apparently he, he drinks blood like he's a vampire. They, they had a whole musical number about it. It was a long time ago. But the only time I've seen Shia LaBeouf on the big screen was either in Transformers or the movie Eagle Eye. Uh, word, but... Uh, oh, and there... Another forgotten film. <laughs> Oh yeah, he was in. Da- yeah, that's right. He was in David Ayer's film, playing a Mexican. Oh, Gary! I heard he was like super friggin' weird on that set. Yeah, he, he took was- out his own. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to play as a Hispanic, which I'm like. Okay. No, that was um, the tax collector. Okay, the tax collector. I don't even know what that is. Okay. That's Dave, the guy who did uh, uh, suicide this year. Yeah, it's, I was talking about tax collector. Thing. I know Fury. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about Fury where he took out his suit. But yeah, uh, tax collector. It's the third in like the trilogy of the Training Day movies. Like this is like one of the characters is in another movie and also in Training Day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I just saw the trailer for it. And I'm like that movie is. I don't know if you want to release that movie in this time. No, but anyway. No, they did, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> David Ayers, he just has a weird thing with Mexican cartels, like from Joker to, uh, like, what was it, the, the, that Netflix one with Will Smith? But, oh, I didn't even finish that, Bright. Yeah, that, yeah and oh, making a sequel that, to that, yeah. I will say End of Watch was good. That's, like, his only thing he's done besides Training Day that I liked. Yeah, I think that may be the one that has the same character. That's part of the trilogy or whatever. But this film has nothing to do with that, of course. It's actually about a drummer who has lost his sense of hearing. And uh, he's kind of gone through some emotional issues. He's living in a trailer with his uh, love interest. And Olivia. Yeah. They're they're trying to figure some things out. Like him, for example, what is he going to do when he's lost his hearing? So he even goes to this I wouldn't say school, but this sort of organization for people who are deaf and to learn sign language and to, or or you know to try to cope with not being able to hear or having or just okay. having hearing trouble. Yeah, but he wants to get his hearing back, of course, because there was this 
also this uh, opportunity to maybe get some uh, hearing aids that would cost him a lot of money. It's interesting seeing how he goes about this. He ends up making choices that may not even be right, but it does bring the question of what would you do if you lost your sense of hearing? Because, I mean, crazy things, that's that's debatable, like stealing money and everything. But I found this movie very interesting. It's got a cast that I don't think has been in movies I've seen before. It's very You've in- seen the two leads in movies before. Oh, yeah. But I did like this whole setup of this drummer, I mean, a, a musician who cannot hear. So that's it, that's a very scary challenge for someone who make, has, makes their profession out of that. And you see that frustration coming out of him. Because that's not an easy thing to take in when you can no longer hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Olivia Cook, she's been in just some um, like independent stuff. Uh, Mirror on the Dying Girl. Girl. I did not see it. Is really good. Well, she, she was in Ready good. Player One, and she first got oh, noticed yeah. being in Bates Motel. Yeah. And then uh, Rosa Med is is in Venom and Rogue One and Nightcrawler. He's been around for a good bit. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I, I mean the, the direction of this, I think there are some great things with the filmmaking. There are parts of this film, this movie, where it feels like it's shot like a documentary, like this is in real time. Now, there are parts of this film where you can tell, yeah, they're, they are acting, but there are also other scenes where it's like, if you didn't know these people and you were just watching it play, it it could feel real, because they they tried to they respected this whole aspect as much as they could, and I think that's great props. And when you're dealing with a disability, in this case, not being able to hear, the, the, you do have to be authentic, because there are people. They don't even that, hear the disability. Yeah. You know, just the way of living now. But yeah, I mean, if like like there are so many movies um, that might make an exaggerated version of it, but th- this this really wanted to make a realistic approach to being deaf and what it means when you aren't born with it, but you just suddenly get de- be deaf. And, and there's other things that go on. Cause like the person who leads this organization, he talks about losing his hearing uh, when in uh, Vietnam. And that's another thing to think about is with all the uh, soldiers who've survived, like any sort of injuries they've had, including hearing. And that's something we can always take for granted because of how lucky we all are to be able to have the sense of smell, the sense of touch. And there are people out there who don't have one of these things or many of these things. COVID time. Well, yeah, COVID. there's that too. But uh, what do you guys think about this sound of I think this is a deeply fascinating and incredibly well-made movie that is just a simple story, but it's very, like you said, Chase, it's shot like it's a documentary. Like we are watching this unfold on someone's life. And I think Riz Ahmed, is that how you say his name? Yeah, Riz Ahmed. I think he should get an Oscar nomination. He is he is incredible. He is not over the top. He is just the right amount of 
emotion that anyone facing this would be like especially if your career as a musician just think of what that would do to someone and now you don't have the ability to hear and it's really a beautiful story especially i love that scene with the guy who runs the um institute or program yeah where they're talking at the table and he's like if you can't accept and believe that this is your way of life and this is not a disability you can't be here and it's just and there are a lot of people in the supporting cast or characters you see that are actually deaf people like the the school teacher is actually a deaf person and so it's really interesting and yeah she's on walking dead yeah Yeah. and uh it's just a great example and like no matter what kind of illness or disability or function you're missing in life if you have it and then it go goes away it's a it's a life-changing alteration your lifestyle your way of life completely changes and yeah we we all go through effects of what that's going to do to us and how we're going to live our life and of course he makes decisions that probably don't seem right but i got to say that it does end abruptly, but that ending is, it's beautiful. I think this is a must-watch. Oh, wow. Uh, Justin. Uh, this is hands down a must-watch. It's a phenomenal film. I mean, the sound mixing and the sound design in this is incredible. We, we, we were, we lit, we are his ears in this movie. Like, we hear only when he hears. We don't know the sign language. It's not written on the screen until he starts to know what it means. Um, it's that we we went along this journey with him and and it's suffocating to you while you're watching it you know uh it, it was incredible he, he's in every single frame of this movie and he brings it to this to the forefront every single time he's on he shines i completely agree with you he should totally be nominated for an oscar um you know i'm thinking about doing my own kind of like award thing and he's definitely going to be in my top five favorites of the year for acting performance um olivia cook was was really good too i mean she's very believable as as a girlfriend who really wants better for him i mean another thing that has been said is he's also an addict he's also yeah you know for years so his when when this happens to him all he wants to do is just go back to the old life and, and just use again and um, there's a really heartfelt scene when, when he's like talking to, well, he can't hear his sponsor, but he's talking to him about how he's fine and how he lost his hearing, but he always going crazy and he just wants to use, but he's good. And he's not going to, and that was a really, really powerful scene. And that was just within the first 10 minutes of the movie. So, uh, yeah, the, the, there's real people in here who are actually deaf. Um, the main guy or, uh, the, the main guy at the ranch is actually a, a, a sign a, a rock and roll sinus. So him and another guy are on stage and they rock out using sign language. It says like a real that's, band. That's awesome. It's incredible. Um, and so is this movie. I mean, the sound design and sound mixing alone just is it, something to point out. And and for having us go along the journey with them without actually having to lose our own hearing is incredible. And you're right. The ending is so freaking great. It is so good, but it's not boxed up and and with a ribbon on it. It's not a present for us. 
it's something that you have to think about and know about from the whole story. Plus, it's not the ending that you think that's going to happen either. So I just I, thought that was very well done. I agree with you, but I'm trying not to spoil anything, but I think that ending says a lot. And I think it's a real big growth for him as a character in the story. And yeah, I would agree. This definitely needs to get some kind of sound nomination, if not win both sound categories, because especially when you're like, when he's not being able to hear and all you can hear is muted noises. And then when you hear the really loud noises, it's yeah, it's just great how they mixed it and made you feel like you were losing your hearing. Exactly. Yeah. Very well done. I have to say, because I've been seeing a lot of news come out. Now, recently, there was even an article of people being upset on the witches over uh, like some portrayal of the witches and their uh, like the uh, approach to how they look and everything because there are people who do have uh, like body deformities and seeing this film not only respects the thing that's going for like not making up characters who are not trying to like imagine what it thinks depth is like it's it hard like it, it goes through some hardcore research to not only respect it but create a story around it i think there's something beautiful of that and i hope there's a way for people who are deaf to watch this film and be able to follow along with it maybe there's like a i don't know if there's like a i I know some movies they have a certain uh, speech help or or something like that. I know Disney Plus has this feature. I forgot what it's called, but I know there is a friend of mine who. No, never mind. This is this is not uh, hearing. This is a sight. But for people who are deaf, I think we when we when people bring out these movies. There's got to be some way to, for those who have disabilities to kind of accommodate them. Not not having to rework the movie around to have it be featured, but just as you're releasing it. Because once a mo- after a movie gets filmed, it's also edited. I even thinking like, could this be an option for movies in the future for if people want to enjoy movies who would normally can't hear it? Now they would go to text, I would believe, doing subtitles. I don't know how sound. Yeah, it it was something I thought about watching this movie. Like this would be good for people who are deaf, but how would they be able to follow along? And when, unless they have hearing aids, yeah. Oh, the captioning. Yeah, captioning is another thing. Yeah. Okay, so there was that. Oh, wait, that's literally why why it was created was yeah. for people who here with closed captioning. That's exactly yeah. why. I will say though, I think uh, Olivia Olivia Cooks. I thought she was the least interesting part of the film because where all these other actors and or just 
not just throwing out their performance, but also bringing these really fascinating characters. She is just, and she's not even there that, there's a big portion of the film she's not in because it is focused on the Institute. But whenever she's on, she always looks like she's got her hair pulled out and she's like, what are you doing, honey? You're, you're tearing up the house. Stop that. And it was important. I know I, I get of him for the entire story was the love that you know he had for her and they she had for him. I, I get that. I, I just felt like that's all there was to it. And uh yeah, I forgot like when her character came back, I even forgot she was in there. I was like, Oh yeah, there's that. And well, her reg- hair color changed. regarding the ending, I thought the ending was it could have been better. Now I'm not gonna get into spoilers, but I I will say the ending when you mentioned it being abrupt, I did have a problem with that because I felt like I mean there are those movies that are like, hey, we're gonna have this ending that's just gonna cut off and you're gonna have to think about it. Sometimes that can work, but most of the time when you pull an ending like that, it just leads to be like, okay, well we just this we ran out of filming and script, so we're gonna put it down like, oh. If you can believe you know what the ending is, then think about it. To me, that's not great writing. And why I say that is too often you see filmmakers go, okay, we don't explain this, then it's great. And if we have you have to put the pieces together, I mean, I'll say when it with the arrival, that's probably one ending where I was like, oh man, that was great. Cause it, it really, there was a lot of themes going on that had you thinking about everything. Where this, it was so simple until the very end. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, well, now this is a curve that I don't feel like is warranted. But I still enjoyed it. I, I don't know if, like, like it's also a film where it would be cool if this got any Oscars if it didn't. And I, I mean, I'm the same with the award ceremonies. I don't care. Like the Last of Us two won all the awards of the game the um, the game awards. I'm still like, yeah, I'm. I don't really care. Sure, it won those awards. I don't. That doesn't automatically make me really love that game. But if this did not receive any awards, I would just be like, all right. I give it a high good. It would be I a, really enjoyed it. It would be a real bummer if it didn't get any nominations. And I think big, he uh, should get a nomination, and it definitely should get some sound nominations. And again, I will say that I think that ending is warranted for the character and his journey. It may not be the best ending for us as an audience member, but for the story they're telling, it works for the character, I think. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect inning. And I totally agree with you guys about the documentary style look to it. Yeah, this movie is raw and gritty and really in your face. And in. I mean, he uh, is a metal drummer, so. Yeah, Yeah. your dog really likes the ending. He was was talking about it. He's like, I really liked it. I want to see that. The dog's a huge heavy metal fan. Uh, yeah, she's deaf, actually. <laughs> oh. oh, of course she loved the movie. Okay, yeah. That leads us to this last film, uh, Happiest Season. 
no, I start. I started going on Hulu recently because of Animaniacs, but I also look at it for its other things too. And I'm like, yeah, you know, Hulu's pretty cool. I want to see what original movies it's got up its sleeve. Now I know there's that other version of the Fire Festival documentary I never saw. Uh, that's like the more crazy, intense version, or in your face because they interviewed the guy but this one was recent because hey it's about the holidays because christmas is coming up why not more christmas movies it's got some actors or actresses that i even recognize too or at least one that i've been seeing so much lately mackenzie david yeah who i i think she's a great actress like i just like her on screen for some reason every time she's on i'm like hey mackenzie davis cool but in this they're coming they're it's it's that it's that christmas comedy of oh i'm gonna have you meet the family and uh, the family is not gonna like what you in this case her being gay right off the bat it's just going through so many not just family pg-13 comedy tropes but already, like, this movie was getting on my nerves. And not because of Mackenzie Davis and just the, the little chemistry between those two. I thought that was fine. Kristen Stewart? Yeah, Kristen Stewart. What, my, my, whole, my, my whole thing, though, is the comedy. Because it's that, that awkward family comedy. Like, oh, the family's getting all together. Oh, Oh, you know, when when Mackenzie Davis was just this little, no, when there's just this little, or she, she had her virginity, and now she's an adult. Oh, she's growing up so big. Oh, oh, but don't, don't, don't be gay. Don't be gay now. And I was like, okay, I know everything that's going to happen in this movie within the first five or ten minutes. And Nolly, was I right? But even the jokes, I can predict what the jokes are going to be. Like I see, I see two flamboyant uh, transgender singers on st- stage. I'm like, okay, the joke is gonna be they're gonna sing all these Christmas songs, but hey, they're transgender, so they're they're gonna act flamboyant while they sing. And I'm like, all right. I, I mean, I've been to live bars and restaurants where people have done awkward musical numbers but this was like wow you guys are not even trying with these jokes like i'm trying to think what 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 part of the movie did i laugh and i'm trying to remember there there might have been parts where i had done because i i mean i i did like who is the sidekick character that that friend you talked to which is another trope in the daniel levy from schitt's creek yeah her friend yeah yeah he's great i enjoyed him yeah. They're fine. Aubrey Plaza's in it. Yeah, yeah, I really liked her in this too for what brief amount of time she's in it. Mm-hmm. it it's it's pretty much just them and interacting with all this family, all the, the this whole family, because it's just going for very quick, easy humor. And not only that, but all the things I hate in romantic comedies that are in this. When I watched Crazy Rich Asians, there were some things that I just had to appreciate, even though. It's base plot structure is very similar to a lot of romantic commies. There are some things it has going for it. One of it being that you never had the love interest go, <laughs> what? You you were rich and you didn't tell me? I'm breaking up with you. We're done. No, we're done. And there is a moment again here 
towards the end of the movie because it, it go it gets goofy and 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 very yeah yeah just very uh p13-ish like it it's pretty much a kid's movie if it weren't for those raunchy uh pd13 jokes because this sort of like awkward family gathering thing i just i'm just kind of done with it's you could do something funny with it but just for some reason these pd13 comedies just never seem to crack the code and that's one of the biggest things why i was just bored with this film and it's only i believe an hour and a half or so it's not like I totally hated it because of the things that I, the performances I did like, it just felt so dry. Like I'm going to forget this, not even, not even like in weeks, I'm going to forget this as soon as I finished watching it. And you're looking at me like, Oh no, here we go. All right, go ahead, Justin. Um, so I hadn't seen this before I knew that we were going to watch it for the show already, you know, cause, um, I have a girlfriend and she loves movies like this. Uh, and so we watched it and I had to ask her like, what happened in it? <laughs> it's not that memorable, <laughs> you know? Um, it's, it's just exactly like you said, it's so tropey. It's exactly, I mean, yeah, she's a lesbian. She doesn't tell her parents. She's afraid of them not accepting her. She's not true to herself, you know? Um, but then she doesn't want her girlfriend to ruin Christmas for everybody as well. So I don't know. To me, it's like, hey, dump Mackenzie Davis, go date Aubrey Plaza, Kristen Stewart, you know, and have a great time. Like that, that was fun. Like those scenes with them were actually fun. Uh, yeah, Daniel Levy was really good in this. Um, it's good to see him. I don't watch Hits Creek, so I don't know, but it's just good to see him in something and act. Um, but I love Mary Steenburgen. She's great. You know, Victor Garber, <laughs> good to see him. Um, but yeah, like Allison Brie and Mary Holland, the, the wives were great. They're super fun, even though, you know, they play their, their, their stereotypes, you know, strict one, conservative, whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't care for Mackenzie Davis in this movie at all. It's weird that Kristen Stewart would shine in a movie more than somebody else. And she did. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's not that memorable, you know, it's, it won't be added into the Christmas must watch every year lexicon. Um, but, uh, you know, I get what they're going for. Happiest season, gayest season, right? Yeah. Cause gay means happy apparently. And, uh, so yeah. they just chose the N words there. It's fine. It's a fine holiday film. Don't know why they needed to make it, but yeah, I watched the mixed nuts this week and, now that's a great time. Yeah. So Cody, did you <laughs> like your mixed snacks or? Oh, I give it a, uh, I give it a decent. Yeah. Regular decent. Cody. Um. Yeah. This movie's tropey. It's predictable. And actually, I agree with you, Justin. I think Kristen Stewart has much better chemistry with Aubrey Plaza than she did with Mackenzie Davis. And but, I was fine with this movie. For what it is, for an hour and a half, it's entertaining. It's not going to be a great movie. It's not memorable, but it's a nice little movie. Daniel Levy, his little appearances are hilarious. I enjoyed Mary Steenburgen and Victor Garber. They're playing their roles. And yeah, Alison Brie is playing the stereotypical role she typically plays. 
I actually like the other sister, the weird one. I thought she was hilarious yeah, too. She she does a bunch of podcasts that I listen to. She's a big improviser. And uh, yeah, she's always so funny. It was really good to see her like as an acting person instead of over a podcast. I would have preferred a different ending. This would have made it a better movie. Okay, that's but, why. Yeah. Go ahead. But as it is, it's it's fine. I I'm gonna give it a low good. It's I enjoyed it enough as I was watching it. But yeah, I'm not gonna like. Oh, I gotta put this on. But um, the director who's also an actress, is of the LGBTQ community, so this might be a personal story for her to tell. And I know some people are really enjoying this movie. Um, But, yeah, it's fun for what it is. I think it's entertaining. You know, I I do appreciate that. And I think there is some... I mean, there's always something sweet about, like, wanting to love the person you want. But... I I did not find this film that fun because not only was it tropey, it just like it relied on its tropes to be entertaining, and that's where I was just kind of bored because like I, I I can I know what the joke is gonna be, like I know what the laugh is gonna be before it happens. Now with Alison Brie, yeah, I think she was fine too. I just like yeah, I, I just as much as like the their chemistry is rushed and uh between Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis I just like those actress uh, actresses just seeing them on screen uh but I actually disliked Kristen Stewart a little more than Mackenzie Davis in this and that's because of that twist you were or not the twist the ending you were talking about because that that ending kind of pissed me off on the sense of i'll i'll go in and just say it because i i I don't know i i i tried to be with this film what all right telling the listeners spoiler alert okay spoiler alert all right spoiler if you really gotta see this but uh so eventually mckenzie did you know the, the whole thing of them trying to not have their sexuality preference revealed until a certain point and then it gets revealed early and they get well before that there is this whole conflict because of why can't you let them know that you love me or what what's going on you're with that person and i just didn't care i was like oh my gosh i'm sorry I, i did not care for the drama and not only that, but how it went on just to add uh, 10 or 15 more minutes to it. And I'm saying is that they finally found out uh, and then Kristen Stewart comes in and Mackenzie's like, I told them we can be free now. And Kristen's like, okay, cool. I'm still leaving. And I just looked at Kristen. I'm like, you son of a gun. Like this, this woman, or I mean, the, the, Mackenzie Davis had to hide herself because she didn't. I mean, you mentioned about LGBTQ, and yeah, there are kids and adults who have these sexuality preferences. And yeah, their parents, because of how they grew up, they may or may not be accepted of that. And she knew that going in was like, 
Uh, you no, know, you you left me for this guy, and I was like, you know what, screw you. Uh, but Mackenzie, of course, went over and they apologized. But before that, they another thing of these romantic comedies, we have to have that dramatic fight between the family members where it gets physical. They smash a painting. Uh, and they, they make jokes about that painting. And I, I didn't laugh at any of that. Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to get with this. But in the end, it's forgettable and kind of a bad sense. Like, I, I didn't gain anything from it. Uh, yeah, so I give it a low decent. But that is all we have on the show. Again, thank you guys for always just being the brothers from another mother's or whatever the heck people call or say. Next one, you, we talk about... Yeah, we talked about Oscar nominations. Now, next week is the movie that people are saying is going to get Oscar nominees, and that's uh, Chadwick Boseman's last film. Mar- so that's his Black Bottom. Yeah, that Black Bottom. That's going to be real interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be in the front runner for Best Actress. Is it based off of August Wilson play? Yeah. Do I yes, have that? Is. Yeah, okay. I, I thought because about the jazz scene and uh, I think the 1960s or somewhere, it, it's it is a period piece too. So, yeah, that we also on the docket is I'm Your Woman. I'm Your Woman. Yes, we are also going to be, which is already out, right? Yeah, it's already Not out today. Yeah. Additionally, because uh, as I said before, I suspended uh, my TV show, so I'm bringing it over here. We are also talk about the Mandalorian, the season, uh, the second half of season two. So I'm gonna be catching up on that and giving my thoughts on it. Try not to do so what, what? Yeah. Do you want us to have thoughts on that, or are we if just gonna to. listen to your thoughts on? If you want to, if you well, want. Yeah, to. I only in the four episodes of season. Well, I've seen them all, but so. the one that came out today. I'd same here, but there are two. There are two Is that more. The last ep- one? Yeah, there there are two more episodes of the Mandalorian uh, season two. This one, and then next week. So next week will be the final episode of the Mandalorian. So I'm gonna get on that. Talk about the second half of season two. And since we got all these Star Wars TV shows, where do you go from here? Because they have Boba Fett. They have Boba Fett, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw the last one, but they got Boba Fett back. Well, Justin hadn't seen it. You're spoiling it for him, but I mean, I guess he knew he was going to show up eventually because he was teased at the end of the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, and I do know that Yoda's, baby Yoda's name is Grogu because that's been spoiled already. Well, you definitely should watch episode five. For me, that's been the highlight of the season thus far. Well, Sasha Banks is the wrestler and she was on the last episode, so I was really happy about that. Yeah. Well, cool. looking, looking forward to all that. But until next time, again, find us on different podcast platforms on your audio stuff and all that. And also little video clips too. I've been very active on on uh, TikTok and I've been getting over two, 200 followers in less than two months. So there's nice. a growing community over there. Yeah, TikTok is nice. Actually, funny enough, my interview later tonight is with a creative from TikTok. So I, that's the thing is you just see all these people just get big off of TikTok. Like this woman has 50,000 followers and one I got possibly next week, she has over 200,000. So right. yeah, you can make a career right. off of making one minute videos. So uh, guys get on that if you want to. Hey, you, you know, you do worth the view movies. They're like 
aren't they like one minute or close to one minute yep my girlfriend is on tiktok trust me uh, what are you doing justin get on that i don't know you i could, don't know you could be five thousand and like t- tomorrow you could get paid they do pay you they yeah. have a creators program i know but that's like i go I, it's like what i go against the most because i'm an actor like i hate when people you know go the tristan other route Cunningham. tristan cunningham is on tiktok i don't even know who that is well, I do because I interviewed uh, her and she's an actress. She lives in LA, so if she can do it, you can do it. Oh, yeah, you told her. Told me yeah. It, yeah. Well, you can also find me on all the other things, though, at Worth of You Movies and uh, also on the Fleming Film Podcast. We count down our worst to first favorite DCEU movies. So check that out. We're also, Koshmar, episode three drops next Friday. So we'll talk more about that. Okay, Cody. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Cody's Film Page and Twitter and Letterboxd at FilmNerd85. I am reshaping my Video Rejects podcast to be about directors' filmographies and franchises. And we are about to launch our first series, which will be about the films of Hayu Miyazaki. So if either one of you would like to be a guest on one of those movies, let me know and we'll try to schedule you guys in. We're doing a Christmas special this weekend. That sounds awesome. Cool. I'll look it up. Um, Actually, I I learned a lot of my movie info from uh, Cody's film page. Oh, wow. That's great. Just getting you two connected. Uh, Until next time, take care. Take it easy.